Good morning. If you would open up your Bibles to Luke chapter 12 with me. And if you're new here this morning, my name is not Josh, I'm not British. My name is Ben, and I'm from Texas. So we're, uh, we're starting a new series this summer going through Luke chapter 12, and we're diving in to hear some of Jesus' powerful yet surprising words. Listen to some of Jesus' words here. He says, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. Do not fear those who will kill the body. Everyone who acknowledges me before men, the Son of Man also will acknowledge before the angels of God. Take care, be on your guard against all covetousness. Do not be anxious about your life. Seek God's kingdom. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Sell your possessions, give to the needy. Be like men who are waiting for their master to come home. These are just a variety of some of the surprising words Jesus says here in Luke chapter 12. You see, Jesus is headed to the cross and he's calling his disciples to boldly and courageously follow him, even through hostility and ultimately in light of eternity. So as we look to Luke today and we start our series this summer, I actually want you to kind of follow along with me again through, through the chapter um, and just see a, a repeated phrase or two phrases that are repeated and it's these, I tell you or I say to you. Look at verse 4. Jesus says, I tell you, my friends. The end of verse 5 says, yes, I tell you. Verse 8, and I tell you. Verse 22, therefore, I tell you. Verse 37, what does Jesus say? Truly, I say to you. Verse 44, I say to you. Verse 51, I tell you. Verse 59, I tell you. You, this repeated phrase throughout this chapter. See, Jesus is speaking these words to all who hear them so that they might truly listen to what he is saying, that they would respond to him, and that they would live their lives boldly and courageously for him in the world. So, this morning and this summer, we have to start by asking this Are are you listening? Are you ready to listen to what Jesus is going to say to us? Even if they're surprising words, even if they're difficult words, but they're words that every one of us need to hear. So today we're going to start with three verses. Luke 12, verses 1 to 3. And they're going to set the scene for the entire rest of the chapter. So will you stand with me as I read out verses 1 to 3 from Luke 12. In the meantime, when so many thousands of people had gathered together that they were trampling one another, he began to say to his disciples first, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Nothing is covered up that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have said in the dark shall be heard in the light. And what you have whispered in the private rooms shall be proclaimed on the housetops. Amen. You may be seated. 
So this section, these three verses, they're actually coming off of an encounter where, where Jesus has just confronted these religious leaders, including the Pharisees, the lawyers, the scribes. Hostility is escalating. It's going to escalate between Jesus and his interaction with these religious leaders. But Jesus is going to say, you know what? This hostility is actually going to continue for all those who are going to follow me. Can you picture this scene of what's going on here? The Pharisees are are wanting to trap Jesus. They're wanting to catch Jesus. They're wanting to bring him down. But there are thousands of people who are coming to listen. They're coming to hear. Some are against Jesus. Some are wanting to listen. There are a variety of reasons why they are there. But they're there to listen. And what does Jesus do first? As all these crowds are there, he turns first to his disciples. And he says these words very clearly as the rest of the crowd listens in. And what does he start with? He starts with a warning. He says, beware, beware, watch out, be on guard, protect yourselves, keep away. You know, unlike many of the popular uh, preachers today who are enamored with numerical growth or marketing themselves or, or their words in such a way to attract as many people as they can, what Jesus does is he speaks truth and he presents reality before them. He's not trying to scratch the itching ears or desires of those who are listening. He's not speaking to suit their own desires and passions. His tactics seem to almost be a a terrible growth strategy, but in reality, it's actually the only true growth strategy, is what Jesus is doing, is he's presenting reality. He's presenting truth because he's first and foremost after spiritual growth. Jesus is after a transformed heart, That's what Jesus is getting at here in these words. He's after a transformed heart that leads to a transformed life of followers who are courageously follow him. So he's after our hearts this morning and he gives us a warning. He says, beware of hypocrisy. And what we're going to see about hypocrisy is that hypocrisy expands. Not only that, hypocrisy will be exposed See, hypocrisy, it expands to every crevice of our lives as it starts to creep in. But hypocrisy, eventually, it will be exposed in the end for what it truly is. That's what Jesus is helping us to see here this morning. So first, beware of hypocrisy because hypocrisy will expand. It will expand into every crevice of our lives. Look back at what he says, this very clear warning at the end of verse 1. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. So taking a deeper look at some of these words of Pharisees, of leaven, of hypocrisy, it's going to help us understand this call and this charge a lot more clearly. Because the truth is, we can create these caricatures of Pharisees, right? And we distance ourselves from them in such a way that we tend to, to let ourselves off the hook, But this way, this spirit of the Pharisees can actually easily creep into our lives and actually corrupt our lives. So who were the Pharisees? Who were these guys? Well, they were the respected religious leaders of the day and they were meticulous about following the law. And later in Luke, uh, what Luke says is is Jesus kind of sums up with this saying of, of what the Pharisees are about is that they trust in themselves that they are righteous. They trust in their own 
obedience. And they put their confidence in themselves for their standing before God. But I want us to go back one chapter, just a few verses, because Jesus just had a meal. A a Pharisee invited Jesus into his home, and he starts to speak some very harsh, strong words to these Pharisees, describing what they're about and what's going on in their lives. So just go back with me to chapter 11 and verse 37 through verse 44, because this gives us a lot of context and it gives us depth into who these Pharisees are. I'll read this out. It says, while Jesus was speaking... A Pharisee asked him to dine with him. So he went in and reclined at table. And the Pharisee was astonished to see that he did not first wash before dinner. Now the Lord said to him, Now you Pharisees cleanse the outside of the cup and of the dish, but inside you were full of greed and wickedness. You fools. Did not he who made the outside make the inside also? But give as alms those things that are within, and behold, everything is clean for you. But woe to you Pharisees, for you tithe mint and rue and every herb and neglect justice and the love of God. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. Woe to you Pharisees, for you love the best seat in the synagogues and greetings in the marketplaces. Woe to you, for you are like unmarked graves and the people walk over them without knowing it. So what characterized the Pharisees? Well, first, in this first interaction with Jesus is what the Pharisees did is they, they, they live by their own standard. The Pharisees live by their own standard. What do I mean by that is they added traditions. They added these rules and customs to create a hedge around God's word so that they, they believe that through that they might live righteous lives. In essence, they were adding rules and customs and traditions and held on to those so tightly, but in doing so, they were actually loosening their grip on God's very word, on the scriptures. This Pharisee is astonished that Jesus doesn't wash his hands. Well, why? Well, washing their hands, this was a tradition of, of the, the elders and tradition of the Pharisees of that day. And they believed that by doing so, it would keep them ceremonially clean and keep them from becoming unclean. But elsewhere, what Jesus does is he exposes that the Pharisees, they're actually leaving the commandments of God in order to hold on to these traditions that they have. And in doing so, despite all their efforts to be ceremonially clean, they're actually like unclean, unmarked graves, that Jesus says, infecting others. But not only that, the Pharisees deeply, they deeply neglect the heart They spent so much time building an external appearance of godliness and righteousness that they completely miss what is going on on the inside. They completely miss their heart. And Jesus says they look clean on the outside, but on the inside they're full of wickedness and they're full of greed. Their interior life has never been changed. Not only that, the Pharisees, they neglect a love of God and a love of others. Their heart has not been changed and they're neglecting ultimately a love of God and a love of others. They were expert tithers, extreme tithers. They tithed everything. They gave everything and they had this extreme duty to do that. They were going above and beyond, but in their hearts, their hearts were cold. They didn't have a love of God and they didn't show justice to others. They didn't have a love of others. This extreme duty was met with an empty love internally. 
But lastly, Jesus exposes the reality of the Pharisees and that they love recognition and praise. They want the best seats. They love special greetings, special attention. They want praise from others. They crave that praise. When I was talking to our high school students a few years ago describing the Pharisees, there's this song that was well known, and it goes like this. It's called, I'm the Man. It says, you can tell everybody. Go ahead and tell everybody. No, you can tell everybody. I'm the man, I'm the man, I'm the man. That's kind of the anthem of the Pharisees right there. They want praise. They want recognition. I'm the man, right? So think about this condition. They're religious pillars of the day, religious influencers among the Jews. They're seen as righteous. They're seen as holy. They're well-respected. But in reality, they trust in themselves for their righteous standing before God. There's a veneer of godliness and cleanliness on the outside, but it contradicts the disease that infects their hearts and contaminates their souls. What appears on the outside doesn't match the inside. They proclaim this strict obedience to the scriptures, but in reality, they're actually neglecting the scriptures by holding on to these external traditions and customs. They have an external resume. Boy, that would look good on LinkedIn, wouldn't it? This great resume, external resume, but it's filled with greed and a lack of love internally. They say from their lips, we want to praise God, we want to worship God, but internally, every chance they can get, they're seeking praise for themselves. Self-righteous hypocrisy. This is the way, this is the spirit of the Pharisees. Their outward appearance doesn't match their inward reality. Therefore, Jesus says, beware. But it's interesting. He doesn't say beware of the Pharisees. He says beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. Beware of the way and the spirit of the Pharisees that can creep into your life. Now when Jesus uses the word leaven, it would have, they would have known exactly what they were talking about. Jesus would have said that word and they would have pictured this picture of, of leaven. What is it about leaven? Well, leaven was leftover dough that had fermented and become acid and it was added to a new batch of dough and what it would do, it would spread throughout the entire batch of dough. And in the New Testament, leaven was primarily, it was a negative example that Jesus uses to say that it infects the whole, it corrupts the whole as it slowly enters in and spreads and expands. The Apostle Paul even uses the word leaven to describe the gross sexual sin that is in that church at Corinth. Paul says a little leaven leavens the whole lump. So therefore, get rid of the leaven. Get rid of it from your midst. See, leaven expands silently. It creeps in, but it will infect and it will corrupt the whole. That's what self-righteous hypocrisy that the Pharisees exemplify can do even in the lives of Christ's followers. And the effects of that is that we start to pursue this external religiosity and these external righteous things to cover up the spread of sin that is going on on the inside. Have you ever seen uh, a shower or a bathroom that has poor ventilation? 
and you see the mold that starts to, to creep into the cracks and into the crevices. And over time, it expands to just about every part of that shower and every part of that bathroom. So one might think, okay, I can clean that up. I'll take a little bleach and I'll scrub and I'll scrape that mold off. And initially, it looks nice and it looks white and it looks clean. But a few weeks later, that mold just comes back and spreads. Why? It's because it's gotten into even the walls. It's gotten below the surface and it's there and it's spreading even below the sealant. That's what mold does in a shower and that's what hypocrisy, self-righteous hypocrisy does in our own lives. Internally, it will spread. And what seems to be is not truly is. And the reality is that some are quite aware of their hypocrisy that the outside doesn't match the inside. But, but there are many who are blind to this self-righteous hypocrisy that is in their own lives, even like the Pharisees. They believe nothing's wrong. They believe they're in the right. They believe they're righteous, just like the Pharisees did. Now, hypocrisy in our day can, can often be equated with this religious rule-keeping fundamentalism. And so people answer hypocrisy by saying, we need to be authentic, and we need to be real, and we need to be transparent. But the reality is that self-righteous hypocrisy can even creep into a culture that is trying to fight legalistic rule-keeping with a transparent authenticity. Listen to this quote from a young woman in an evangelical church that was seeking to embrace kind of this culture of authenticity. It says, there's a sweet spot of authenticity. Like if you reveal that you're struggling with gossip, people say, whoop-dee-doo. But then there's some sins that you might share like, whoa, that's too much. There's a middle ground. Like I'm struggling with wanting to sleep with my boyfriend. That's the sweet spot. People see you're really vulnerable and authentic. It's required admission. You see, in an attempt to fight hypocrisy with authenticity, we can in fact feed our own self-righteous behavior. We can become self-righteous about being authentic or being transparent and create a mask to cover up. Now, vulnerability is needed. But what I just want us to hear is that our own self-righteous motives can even twist that. So I wonder if you've listened to this description of the Pharisees. This description of leaven. You say, that's not me. That's not me. And I would say, maybe that is you. If you're saying that here this morning, that that it might already be a slow, steady creep into your life. This self-righteous hypocrisy that's trying to move its way into every crevice of your life. What did the Pharisees do? They elevated themselves above others. They compared themselves and distanced themselves from others and said, I am different. I am better. Think of what they might have said. Say, hey, I thank God I'm not like them. The Pharisees said that as Jesus used a parable. Are you saying those very words this morning? I'm not like them. I'm not like the Pharisee. And in saying that, maybe your heart is already being infected by self-righteous hypocrisy. The way of the Pharisees can creep into our life and corrupt it. It has disastrous effects in our life. You know, we've, we've read or maybe we've heard of high-profile religious leaders or ministry leaders that are well-loved or well-sought after, but they've been corrupted and broken by sin and moral failure. And many had, had, had what seemed to be an effective and growing and fruitful ministry 
They look like mature, godly God followers following Jesus with a booming ministry, but the creep of sin and self-righteousness has infected their internal lives. A study of some pastors who experienced moral failures showed some common characteristics. It said this, they, they each, majority of them, had neglected a personal devotional life. It said they, they, they had no real accountability. And here's the, here's the key. Each of them were convinced that this sort of sin or this fall would never happen to me. There was a prideful self-righteousness that made them think they were a little bit more holy than those sins. Those things can't touch me. There was one pastor where sin creeped into his life and, and he refused to listen to others. He covered up his sin, even, but eventually his, his adultery was exposed. And as he was sitting under the disastrous effects and the weight of his sin, even upon his family, upon his church, and the effects ultimately in his relationship with the Lord, he says this on social media. He says, I hope and pray that the events in my own life over the past couple years serve as a warning to all who, like I did, believe they are standing firm. Sin is deep. It is real. It destroys. It deceives May this be an opportunity for all of us to examine our own hearts and beg God for the mercy and forgiveness we all need. Self-righteous hypocrisy can slowly creep in and expand into our life. And Jesus says, beware. Beware of that. Our hearts have a tendency towards that and trusting in ourselves. So how does self-righteous hypocrisy creep into your life and expand Are you cordial and friendly to the other moms, but privately you're filled with gossip or you whisper self-righteous judgments behind their backs? My kids would never do that. My kids would never behave that way. I can't believe she would do that. Do you come to church every Sunday checking your attendance box and make sure you read your Bible twice or give above and beyond and pat yourself on the back but each time you think you're scoring spiritual points with God. Or maybe you're quick to seek the praise from others for your ministry accomplishments. After each Bible study that you lead, you're running up to somebody just seeking a little bit of praise from them. Or in times of prayer with others, you spend the whole time of that prayer time kind of formulating your prayer, trying to craft your prayer so that as when you pray, you might get a couple amens from those that are around you. Some of you this morning might have an external purity that looks nice, that looks clean, but your internal life is filled with selfish lust or pornography, and your pride is blinding you, thinking, I have this under control. Some of you are serving with smiles on your face at church, but inside you're fantasizing about someone else other than your spouse. Do you constantly compare yourself? I'm much better than they are. At least I'm not like them. Maybe you're sitting here this morning and you don't claim to be a Christ follower and you believe um, just exactly what we've been saying. Christians are hypocrites. Christians are filled with hypocrisy and you've been affirming everything that has been said this morning. Are there things in your life that you're covering up that you don't want people to see? The truth is there's pockets of hypocrisy 
and each and every one of us. None of us are exempt. We may be trying to hide it. We may be trying to avoid it. But the reality is the convicting power of the Holy Spirit as we open up God's word will not let us off the hook if we are listening to what Jesus is saying in his word. Hypocrisy will slowly creep in as we even ourselves start to neglect God's word. It will creep in as we neglect our interior life, as we neglect our own hearts, as we neglect the love for God, as we neglect the love for other people. Not only that, as we start to seek our own praise instead of filling our lives with the praise of God. See, Jesus says, beware of hypocrisy because it will expand. It will expand into all the crevices of our lives. But not only that, what does Jesus say? Verses two and three, he says it's also, it will be exposed. Hypocrisy will be exposed. Let me read verses two and three again. Nothing is covered up that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have said in the dark shall be heard in the light, and what you have whispered in private rooms shall be proclaimed on the housetops. You know, it's often said that that moms have eyes in the back of their heads. (laughs) Their kids might be misbehaving, but moms see it all, don't they? And kids wonder, how come I can't get away with this stuff? (laughs) How much more is it with our Heavenly Father who knows everything and sees everything that we do on the outside and on the inside. How we live our lives in public or in secret, Jesus says it's going to be revealed in the end. Verse two. What we've spoken with our lips in public or in secret, it will be proclaimed, it will be made known in the end. It will all be exposed And it will all be evaluated for what it truly is. Nothing gets by God. Nothing. No matter how much we try to cover it up, no matter how much we try to hide it, nothing gets by his sight. There's a reality, even these words, they, they point us forward to this reality of future judgment. And what we have done, we're going to be judged according to what we have done. And those whose hearts and souls have been cleansed by Christ and a spirit-empowered transformation inside of us that flows outside of us to a life of genuine growth and godliness. They have no fear at judgment. They have complete confidence at judgment because they're relying totally on Christ and not themselves. But the hypocrite, whose life is filled with an external veneer of godliness and righteousness, trusting in themselves, but internally there is no change and transformation that has happened through Christ. They're full of wickedness and full of greed. There is much fear at the final judgment because their hearts will be laid bare and their self-righteous trust in themselves will bring them no reward. So this morning, one of the most dangerous things for us is to refuse to allow God's word to convict our own hearts and to penetrate and cut us deep to the core of our souls. If we don't allow God's word to bring conviction and apply it to ourselves, we're letting the leaven of the Pharisees creep in and seep in and it will expand and it will grow and it has disastrous effects. So Jesus' call is clear. Beware of self-righteous hypocrisy. So we'll close with some final application is what does it look like for us to beware? What does that mean? Well, go back to chapter 11 with me for a moment. Verse 41, look at what Jesus says. 
Jesus says, but give as alms those things that are within. And behold, everything is clean for you. After exposing these Pharisees' neglect of the heart, cleansing the outside but neglecting the inside, Jesus says those very words. And in other words, he's saying, give your sin, give your heart, give all that is within, surrendering it to God and giving it to God. In other words, more simply, give your internal life to God. Give your internal life to God in repentance. Give your internal life to God in prayer. Give your internal life to God in praise of him. Give your internal life to God in regular repentance in light of God's word. Is that you here this morning? Are you opening up the pages of scripture regularly? Asking God to reveal your own sin, to reveal your own self-righteous heart and responding to God in repentance and responding to God, asking God to clean the inside and to change the inside. Are you regularly offering your soul to God in repentance, examining your heart in light of God's word? Well, give your internal life also to God regularly in prayer. Ask God Ask God for a deep love of him, an intimacy with him that only he can give. Ask God for a love for others that only he can produce inside of us by the power of his spirit. The Pharisees were neglecting that, but God can create that change inside of us. Give your internal life to God in regular prayer, acknowledging your self-righteous tendency and turning to Christ in reliance for change. And lastly, the Pharisees were seeking praise for themselves, weren't they? Well, a regular pattern in our lives of giving our souls to God in praise of him. Rejecting spiritual plagiarism by giving God the praise due his name. That guards us from self-righteous hypocrisy. That keeps us. That's a way for us to vigilantly fight against self-righteous hypocrisy that wants to expand in our lives But as we have this pattern of repentance in light of God's word and turning to God in reliance on Christ and praising him instead of seeking praise for ourselves. Now, if you're not a Christian here this morning, the call is not to cleanse the outside. It's not to try to seek some moral reform or change in your life. There's hypocrisy in every heart. There's a self-righteous tendency in every heart that's infecting every one of us apart from Christ. So the call is to stop trusting in yourself, but instead turn to Jesus in repentance, in reliance, asking him for a new heart that you might follow him. So for each of us, we need to beware of self-righteous hypocrisy. It's going to expand in our lives if it starts to creep in and infect and corrupt the whole. It's going to be exposed in the end for what it truly is. But may we be a church that's radically changed by Christ from the inside out, guarding our hearts daily and seeking him in reliance. Let's pray together. God, we turn to you this morning knowing that your word is powerful and you speak powerful words to us, convicting words to us. That we have a tendency to try to justify ourselves. We try to trust in ourselves 
And the result of that is we have this external veneer of godliness, but God inside we are often filled with greed or gossip or lust. So I pray this morning we would turn to you. We would trust in you. We would repent of our sin. And we would again rely on Jesus Christ, our Savior. In his name we pray. Amen.